1: I'm your host, Brianna Hopeeton, and today we are talking about Disney's Create Tomorrowland X-Prize Challenge with a very special guest, Shonda, Paddington, the DVD release, The Longest Ride, Monkey Kingdom, A Prayer for Rain, and Story Streets, USC. So it's a very packed show tonight. I hope you guys love it. So right now we are speaking with Shonda about Disney's Create Tomorrowland X-Prize and Moonbots. So how are you, Shonda? I'm great. Thank you for having me tonight. Yes, I love interviewing special guests because, you know, it's a little bit of change in the sequence, so I am very happy to meet you. So can can you tell us, you know, basically the general overview about XPRIZE? Yeah, so XPRIZE is a foundation where
2: we have a variety of challenges where uh, youth and adults compete all over the world to win prizes. Um, and they do this by, by competing for different challenges. So we have a uh, Tricorder X Prize, Google Lunar X Prize, an Oceans X Prize, a Global Literacy X Prize, and something very unique within the last couple years is that we have many challenges now that are just specifically for youth. Um, and that's what I'll be sharing about
1: tonight. Okay. I mean, when you said, like, the prizes, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, you have prizes. (laughs) Because, you know, that's what people focus on. So you did say before um, how you were going to talk about some of the youth um, youth competitions because this is Kids First. So can you please talk a little bit about the um, Disney's Create Tomorrowland?
2: yeah so
1: we're really
2: excited here at XPRIZE to be announcing a partnership with Disney um, we're teaming up we're teaming up to inspire um, kids here in the United States to just think big. Uh, we want them to use their imagination and report back to us here at XPRIZE um, in terms of what their ideas and what they think the next innovations are for the future and how those innovations can impact the world.
1: Yeah, because in when we're younger or, you know, even or actually throughout our whole life, but especially when we are younger, it's like, it's like your parents are like you can do anything that you want to. You can make anything. You can invent anything. It like your 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 imagination is the limit, and you can go anywhere with it. And it's great that kids have this opportunity. Well, kids and teens have this opportunity to do something and let their imaginations kind of create for them what they think the future will be like and what um, what the future should hold and what the future should, you know, do with it. So I think this is a great opportunity for younger people.
2: Oh, definitely. And you never know, you know, sometimes the smallest ideas can become, you know, the biggest inventions. And so that's why we're so excited to hear about all the amazing ideas that kids and teenagers have. And and hopefully, um, it'll turn into something big.
1: I definitely agree, and I hope it will turn out big, too, because um, I was telling Ms. Rainey this. Shout out to Miss Rainey. Um, I take Terra Nova testing, and I took it, and I'm taking it this week, and so it's basically just t- standardized testing. And I'm reading one of the questions, and it's basically an excerpt about you guys, like, you know, um, Prize and um, a partner or um, seemingly a partner of um, – first lego legend or first lego league and it's so cool how i'm doing my test and i'm reading about you guys so you guys are all over you don't even know i love it that's great that makes me so happy to hear (laughs) so last year x prize and disney teamed up together asking kids to think big with the film big hero six which i love so how do you like that what is your favorite part about that favorite part of the competition of last
3: year yes
2: yeah, so one of the things that that I really loved about last year is that we had a variety of ideas that were that were basically brought to, you know, our attention and it was just so amazing when when the six winners were selected. It was so amazing to to see the kids behind that idea and they truly were like the big hero six <laughs> and yes. you know it just it just proves to us here at the foundation that that kids can come up with any kind of idea and you know we're really happy that we have a partnership with disney and um it's exciting now to to work with disney on this this new tomorrowland um tomorrowland project
1: yeah, and, you know, with the whole Big Hero 6, because it was a great movie. I absolutely loved it. It won Oscars, so it must have been, you know, phenomenal. And we, we co- well, Kids First covered Big Hero 6 competition. We covered your Big Hero 6 competition. Haley, who is on the line today, interviewed the winners of the red carpet, which is so cool. And... Um, it's cool that, you know, we're kind of in partnership learning about this because it's kind of four kids and then we're kids. So it's, you know, this great collaboration with, you know, the two, two corporations. And um, I personally would love to would love to enter one of the competitions. Um, I just have to, you know, <laughs> dust off my imagination and see if it still works. Yeah. Just come up with a, a big idea. You never know. True, true. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna Hopiton, and today you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we are talking about Disney's Create Tomorrowland X-Prize Challenge with a very special guest... Shonda, Paddington, the DVD release, The Longest Ride, Money Kingdom, A Prayer for Rain, and Story Streets USC. So, right now, let's continue speaking with Shonda. And now we are talking about Moonbots and the X Prize um, challenge. So, Shonda, can you please tell us a little bit about that competition? Yeah, so,
2: so MoonBots is actually the kids' version of the Google Lunar X Prize. Mm-hmm. And as I was mentioning before, we run these large-scale prizes here out of the foundation, and one of them is Google Lunar X Prize. It's a $30 million competition where teams from all over the world are competing to send the first private robot to the moon and send back HD imagery. And so, Um, within the prize we thought it was really important to give kids from all over the world an opportunity to be a part of this competition and so we created MoonBots and basically what it is is it's The kids' version, where kids compete using a variety of robotic platform systems. Um, They use VEX Robotics, FIRST uh, LEGO League uh, Mindstorm robots, and they also can use Meccano Spin Master robots. And they put their robots together and they compete. It's all done virtually online. um, And there's a lot of exciting prizes that the teams can win
1: and within those prizes can you tell us can you um list off a few
2: well i'll list off the main the main prize which i think is Absolutely amazing! It's um, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, trip to Japan Ooh. to meet with our Google Lunar X Prize teams at their annual team summit, and it's like you know, basically meeting their real-life heroes. So That's- we will be awarding a three grand prize trips to three teams that make it to the end of the competition.
1: That is so cool. It's like a lot of, I mean, a lot of people that want to do this when they grow up and want to do it so badly. And it's like, oh, well, I have to get through this and I have to do this and I have to do all of these things. But they have an opportunity to do it right now. I mean, they can do whatever they want to do. I mean, with these these robotics and all this technology, which I'm not entirely on top of because I'm kind of getting behind in technology right now because it's moving so fast, but they get they get a grab on it, which is awesome.
2: Well, I think that's one of the things that's so um, unique about this competition is that you don't need to have any kind of experience with robots. We're just introducing these um different toy robotic platforms and giving kids an opportunity to be in, introduced and inspired and learn how to use them. And then through that, they're competing in a competition. And then, you know, hopefully in five or ten years from now, they'll be like one of our real Google Lunar X Prize teams and um, building robots to go to the
1: moon. Yeah, because it's like they were in the competition and then in a few years, it's like, okay, now I work with the company that I've, you know, competed in. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One one last question. I'm sure you received great sponsors with last year's challenge. How many submissions do you expect to get this year? Um, We're hoping in
2: MoonBots to get 500 submissions. um, So that would be 500 teams from all over the world. Um, The ages for the competition is 8 to 17, 2 to the 4 members per team.
1: Okay, good to know, good to know. Well, Shonda, thank you so much for talking with us today, all, all about Disney's Create Tomorrowland X-Prize and Moonbots X-Prize. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Guys, please check that out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you are listening to Voice America Kids.
0: looking for a show about your favorite movies on voice america kids the longer you listen the later it
4: gets you're listening to voice america kids what does indie mean it's short for independent what does that mean whatever you want it to mean when you are indie you don't just go with the flow you set the pace indie can mean a style of music dress or just a way of life it's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids
0: First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off.
5: Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orse, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked to Chandra, who is a partner of the X Prize Challenge, and we are going to talk about the Paddington movie DVD release, the films The Longest Ride, Beyond the Mask, Monkey Kingdom, Bopple, A Prayer for Rain, and Storage Streets. But not right now, we are going to talk about the Paddington movie DVD release with Samantha and Cameron. How are you guys doing?
6: Good, doing good.
5: Awesome. So, Cameron, can you tell us about the story of the film, please?
7: It's about a bear called called Paddington. Awesome.
5: And li- sorry, go they, ahead.
7: They leave dark dark Peru, and they go go to London, and he meets the Browns family.
5: Awesome. And, Samantha, can you tell us uh, about the animation, what you think about it? Well, in this film, I was really, um,
6: happy with the animation. And, um, especially Paddington, since Paddington was basically, um, the bears in this film were basically the only things animated. Um, it was great. I mean, you can, like, they looked real. It looked like there was actually real bears talking, um, which was very surprising to me and it just kind of made the whole film for me um and also in the bonus features it talked about how that was their goal to make the bear look to make the bear look real and i think they definitely accomplished that
5: goal speaking of bonus features can you talk a little bit more about the bonus features and how did you think what did you think of it um, well the bonus features for me were
6: very cool. I mean, I always look at bonus features in movies regardless of the movie because it's cool to see, like, deleted scenes and um, lyric videos. And in the bonus features in Paddington, they didn't have any deleted scenes, but they had um, a lyric video for the song Shine by Pharrell Williams and Gwen Stefani. Um And Shine was basically one of the songs featured in this film. So I thought that was very cool. And they had kind of like a music video with all the scenes from Paddington. Um, and yeah, the song is great as well. They also had a few bonus features about Paddington coming to life during animation. Um, and how Paddington came from a book on, came from a book to a movie and, Another one of my favorite bonus features was a bonus feature called Meet the Family, um, Meet the Characters, excuse me, which was basically an inside look on the characters and how they felt during filming, how they liked the movie, um, how they liked the character,
5: and yeah. It sounds very amazing. And Cameron, what did you think of the bonus features? Well,
7: what I think of the bonus features is I watched the bonus features about... Paddington when they did did the computer generator generator for him had like how to talk and how he would do all the, the all the movements he did
5: hmm and was that cool to see yes hm <laughs> so Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about what you thought of the acting?
6: well, the acting in this film was great um I felt like. In all movies, I always like to see um, the characters progress and the characters change along the movie because it kind of feels like you're connecting with them in a way. And in this film, you could definitely see that and how Paddington changes their characters and um, the way they portrayed that, the way they acted that out was very was great. And I felt like they weren't even acting; that this was actually happening and this was all. It was for some reason I felt like it was a documentary. Um... Cause it was like the acting was just so like on point, and
5: it was almost like they were born for these roles. Fantastic! And camera, what did you think of the acting?
7: I think the acting was hilarious because when when Paddington was in was in the bathroom, he flooded the whole entire bathroom, and then when Mr. Brown opened opened the door water just
5: came all over the place Hmm. and very quickly samantha can you tell us how many stars you give this film um i would give this film five out of five
6: stars because it was hilarious and i would definitely watch it over and over again um and i just really enjoy the animation the actors everything about it well
5: it sounds very nice and cameron very quickly how many stars would you give this film 3.75 out of 5 out of 5 Alrighty, well guys thank you so much for talking to me about this dvd release you're welcome welcome. and this dvd for our viewers is in stores near you april 28th you're listening to voice america kids network i'm jerry ors and today we will talk about the longest ride beyond the mask monkey kingdom bopla prayer for rain and storage streets And right now we're talking to Brianna about The Longest Ride. How are you doing, Brianna? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm doing fabulous as well. (laughs) So can you tell us the story of The Longest Ride? Okay, so basically The Longest
1: Ride is an adaptation of um, Luke, played by Scott Eastwood, and Sophia, played by Britt Robinson. They fall in love after a series of events, and um, Britt, well... Sophia, not Brett Robinson, Sophia um, wants to go into art, and um, she wants to go in that you know direction, art galleries and art museums and things like that. And Luke wants to go into bull riding. Well, he's already in bull riding, and he wants to go to that top level, and he wants to beat everyone else. I mean, that's not the only thing, but he wants to do that. So they're in completely different paths, and um, it's basically how to make it work.
5: Yeah, you know, I also saw this film, and I thought it was very interesting how two people from completely different job lines kind of get together by coincidence and fall in love. True. So this is considered a romantic drama. Do you think that is accurate, or do you think it should be considered something else?
1: Um, romantic drama would hit it right on the nose. I, for one, like, people who know me know me, like, my family. Not a lot of people know this, but I guess you'll know it now. (laughs) I, (laughs) I, um, absolutely adore romance novels and romance movies. I don't know why. It's just, I've always loved them. And that's why I'm very picky about them. Because it's like, I don't like when a movie is like, okay, well, I want, I, um, yeah, we're a romance and, you know, it's realistic and stuff like that. And I watch it and it's not realistic. That would never happen, ever. And, but they're acting as if it is realistic. But in this film, it is very natural, very realistic. And this is one of the films. This is actually the... I love... The, you don't understand how much I love
5: this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you love it a lot. Yeah. So, in one of the scenes, they meet a character named Ira, which kind of talks about a whole different plot... How do you think they did combining the two plots smoothly? Um, it's
1: okay. So right now I'm reading the book cause my dad was awesome and he bought me the book. Go dads. <laughs> so, go dads. So I'm kind of in like the fifth chapter right now and it's very different the way they, um, I mean, I can like, there's still a plot line there that's very similar, but it's also extremely different. And um, the way they, like, mashed together the two different storylines was phenomenal because um, Britt Robinson or Sophia, Sophia basically reads Ira the letters that he wrote Ruth, and and it goes back in time and set, and, like, it shows you what actually happened. So you have this young couple that's current and modern and now, and then you have this older couple that kind of goes to different rule, like, does different things and and abides by this by different rules than we do so it's it's very interesting and it's very intricate and the way they put the two stories together was phenomenal
5: well awesome i also i thought it was very interesting and unique how they kind of did it through letters and flashbacks yep so what do you think your favorite scene is
1: um my favorite scene is when luke takes sophia on a um um, I have a friend named Sophia, so every time I say Sophia, I see, you know, the friend, and it's like she wasn't in a movie. But anyway, um, Luke and Sophia go on this picnic that Luke has surprised Sophia with, and it's and it's so cute. And it's like, you know, when um, a sunset is happening, and they talk, you know, through late hours in the night, and... Um, And they literally, they just talk about life. They talk about what they want to do with their lives. They talk about future. They talk about what they're dealing with now. They talk about their past. It's like this wide variety of so many different things. And it's adorable, and it's
5: cute, and it's romantic, and I love it. Well, it does sound like a fantastic scene. And very quickly, can you tell us how many stars you give this film?
1: I give this film 100 out of 100 stars. But realistically, (laughs) I give this film 5 out of 5 stars because it was awesome, and I loved
5: it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking to me about The Longest Ride. You're welcome. If you would like to see The Longest Ride, it is in theaters now. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids.
0: Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
8: Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea, and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids.
3: We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're
4: listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you.
8: Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're
1: listening to
0: Voice America Kids, Real Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America
5: Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors. You're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about the film The Longest Ride and also the release of the Paddington movie DVD. And we will talk about the movies Monkey Kingdom, A Prayer for Rain, and Story Streets. So right now we are going to talk to Haley about the new film Monkey Kingdom. How are you doing, Haley? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. So can you tell us about the story of the film, please? Well,
9: Monkey Kingdom began with an explanation of how a certain group of monkeys live. Specifically, Maya and her baby, who are considered the lowest of the group. It discusses their lifestyle, their routines, and how they have to deal with the different seasons and weather. (laughs) There is also the struggle for survival to find food, especially for the ones at the bottom of the tree. These monkeys have a king and even three sisters that are queens. I just think it's amazing that even though they're monkeys, they still have a social hierarchy. (laughs) Or maybe like a social class.
5: And is the coolest fact you learned that they kind of have a hierarchy, or is there even cooler fact? Um, Can you repeat that? What is the coolest fact you learned? Is it that they have a whole social thing going on?
9: Oh, I think it is because usually you wouldn't expect animals to live that way, but monkeys surely do, or these specific monkeys do, in Southwest Asia.
5: So you said it kind of concentrates on a couple main characters. Do you think it's a documentary or just a story about these two monkeys?
9: I think it's kind of both because it has a storyline like what happened because Maya has her own um, storyline and what happened with her baby and her life. And it's also a documentary on monkeys and how they live because it features like both
5: parts in one. Hmm. And where does the story take place? Like is it in a jungle or a forest or something else? It's like in a
9: jungle um, and they live happily. They even have their own jungle
5: gym. Hmm, that sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, can you South Asia. So can you describe, like, the everyday process a monkey goes through in this jungle? Well, basically, they sleep, then they wake up.
9: They probably have, like, the people at the top of the tree, on where they live in this big tree, they get to eat their breakfast first because they're the high class. And then everybody um, follows them after the king and the three sisters that are queens. And then um, basically um, Maya, because she's at the lower class, everybody at the lower class um, gets to pick on everything that's left off of the tree. And there's usually nothing. So they usually starve of hunger. But they mm. have to go find other food. And it takes a while because um, you, the three
5: sisters want everything. Mm. Very interesting. And cinematography-wise, how was it? Because I know it must be hard to get a little bit close to the monkeys, since monkeys are very cautious of human behavior.
9: I thought it was great, because if everything looks so cool and real, it actually felt like you were an
5: actual in the forest. And do you have a favorite character, or I guess monkey?
9: <laughs> I like Amaya's baby, Kip. He is really
5: cute and adorable, and I just want to hug him. <laughs> Well, it sounds like he's a very huggable monkey. (laughs) And do they, like, look at any other animals that maybe helps the monkeys or challenges the monkeys? Well, they do have neighbors in their home,
9: and um, they love to play with certain animals like bears. Um, I think this one was a possum or a sloth, but they just have fun with each other. And even though the animals ignore them, they just, like, are so determined to play with each one of them.
5: Hmm. that sounds like a lot of fun. And overall, do you think it was a little bit more intense or kind of more fun and more educational? I think
9: it's a fun documentary and educational because it's teaching you um, how monkeys live and how this group of monkeys live. But it's also fun to watch because who doesn't love watching
5: monkeys? Well, I sure don't. And do the monkeys play any games?
9: Yeah, um, they basically they basically are the original monkeys that have their own jungle gym because they like swing on these vines and play with each other and sometimes they even play tackle fight.
5: <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we will talk about uh, Bopple, A Prayer for Rain, and Story Streets. But right now we're talking to uh, Haley about this new film, Monkey Kingdom. So how are you doing, Haley? Uh, I'm doing good. And right now we're just talking about how they were playing on jungle gyms. And they were kind of the first monkeys and they kind of invented that. So what do you think your favorite scene is? I think my
9: favorite scene is is when um, they don't know because another group of monkeys actually was invading and they didn't know where to find food. So they they spotted this house full of humans. And once the humans left, they, like, attacked and invaded. And they stole everything they could find. And they even confiscated comp- all the eggs out of the hen house. It was hilarious to see a monkey running off with a sub sandwich.
5: <laughs> that does sound actually very funny. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of, like, survival, do you think it w- it was very intense or... Not that intense. I mean, they didn't have that much challenge or something else.
9: It wasn't that intense because Maya, who lives at the bottom of the tree... Um she was basically used to all the predators trying to because she usually had to find her own food once the king and the sisters didn't let them have anything. So, um she basically led the group when they had to find a new home and fed them and sheltered them and showed them how to steal food and to ignore the predators. So, she really had a big impact in that. Hm. And do you think there's a moral message of the story? I think um, there wasn't really a message. I think the main idea of the documentary is to raise money to help maintain the habitat of the monkeys that live in the jungles of South Asia. So mm-hmm. Because all the other Disney movies, like this is just another Disney movie that raises money because um, another Disney movie was like bears, chimpanzee, and the tiger movie. They all raise money for that certain area. So this is like another um, fundraiser.
5: Oh. And what type of monkeys are in the film or are there are millions of types of monkeys in the films? Well, I'm actually not like, sure what kind of type what type of monkey it
9: was, but there is lots of different types. Like there's um there's three or two of them.
5: Oh, alright. And what age rating do you give this film? I give this um
9: about six through eighteen because basically Everybody can watch this. It's a great
5: film, and I think everybody would love it. Hmm. Well, that's fantastic. And what do you think the main genre is? Can you repeat that question? What do you think the main genre is? The main genre? Yes. Like, is it educational, or is oh, it just... Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> Sorry.
9: <laughs> no, I it. <laughs> I think it is educational, and, like a fun family movie to watch because it's given you information on how monkeys live, and it's also really entertaining. Hmm.
5: So it never bored you? It, you always were at the edge of your seats?
9: Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And how many stars do you give this film? I give this a 5 out of 5 dazzling stars. I just love the movie. I love all the entertainment and the graphics and the information because it was a fun film and you learned
5: a lot. Hmm. And there is also a narrator in the film. Uh, How did she do in her job? Oh, she did a great job. She really explained everything and what was
9: happening. And and once in a while, she threw in a couple jokes.
5: Huh. And... Do you, and do you think it's mainly educational, mainly story, do you think it's 50-50? I think it's 50-50. Hmm, well that's good, and do you think there could have been more information or less information? I think
9: it was perfect, because it was a great movie, and it really explains everything, and I think a lot of people would want to buy tickets to it. Well, you heard it from the one and only, and what about the directing, How's that? I thought the directing was great because um, the movie looked like the monkeys were having a good time and it was awesome and I thought it was cool.
5: And does it look realistic or does it kind of look staged?
9: It looked realistic, like the monkeys were actually living their real life and you wouldn't, it looks like the monkeys didn't even notice there was a camera. Oh,
5: that's cool. So it looked very natural. Yeah, natural. And do you know how they kind of set up the cameras at all? No, no, unfortunately I don't. Well, that's fine. And what what type of food did the monkeys eat? Well, they ate a lot of fruit, and
9: sometimes mm. they eat flowers. And there was just one time in the season where um, all the dragonflies come out, and everybody in the whole jungle gets out to feast on them. Oh, Oh, they weren't they were dragonflies. They were termites. Oh. And they would just, like, eat all of them, and it was funny, because they would just
5: grab and pull and eat. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me about this wonderful new film. It was nice talking to you, too. Thank you. And if you would like to see this film, it is now in theaters. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Wait.
8: Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids.
0: Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome
1: back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton, and you're listening to the Voice America Kids. And today, we have just finished speaking about monkeys we are talking about Paul, A Prayer for Rain, and Storage Street at USC. So right now we're speaking with Jerry about A Prayer for Rain. Thanks for joining us today,
5: Jerry. How are you? I'm doing very good. I'm very excited to talk about these two wonderful films.
1: Yes. Are you, are you glad that you're the man of, man of the hour?
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty glad. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us all about this film? So Bhopal, A Prayer for Rain is, it's a little bit more sad, I do have to say, and it's pretty much about a town in India called Bhopal, and in the very heart of that town is an American chemical factory that produces pesticides, and there's some good and bad things about this factory, I mean, the company is losing money quickly, so they made some safety cuts, But it does give everybody in the area a lot of jobs. They could be a little bit dangerous because they're dealing with the most deadly chemical on Earth. Mm -hmm. But it's jobs, so they don't really care. However, this all changes when, I think in 1984, uh, the chemical factory has a huge leak. And a whole bunch of that chemical I was speaking of gets into the air for like almost 10 to 30 mile radius. And everybody there who breathes it in well, sadly, instantly passes away because it is one of the deadliest chemicals on earth. And in less than four days, over 7,000 people died. And what's most sad is the CEO of the company, of course, immediately went there. But when he saw what happened, he fleed the country and corporate America helped him escape. And India charged him with mass murder, but he went to America and lived the rest of his life. And kind of quiet um without any charge of jail time any fees or any uh community service or anything he got there he got out of it free
1: and it, and it's very sad because like i mean this film is inspired by real events inspired by true events um how close to that it it actually is we don't know but a lot of the films like this where you know the CEOs and you know the government officials and the the people who are at the highest ranking I guess you could say always get off and not always but most of the time they get off and they have no um, no jail time no punishment of any sorts and that's what makes these um, these stories very depressing and very sad because it's like why didn't they you know why didn't they get their share why didn't he get his share of punishment just wanted to say that so. Since this is in a different country, well, it's staged in a different country, d- uh, how do you like the um, different culture that you see?
5: Well, there's a lot of different culture. Um, they show a big cultural change, which is a wedding. I really don't want to go too much into detail because there is a big thing that happens. A lot of you will probably already guess it. But there's a big thing that happens during the wedding, which is a little bit sad. And... But before that, there's a lot of cultural things like the one of the ladies that is the bride is wearing a very beautiful dress. I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it. There's a lot of different, like more cultural aspects of it, like what they're eating and what they're doing, just kind of how the community works. Because Bhopal is not a major metropolitan United States like city, it's much Mm -hmm. different and it works much different. So it's very interesting to see how that works as well. Mm-hmm. And really quick, what is your favorite part about this film? Of course, this is very sad, so I have to say I don't have a favorite part, but I do have a least favorite part, and that is when the CEO, the very bad CEO I was speaking of, gets called up on the by his partner, and he's told, hey, this happened but Paul." Instead of freaking out or crying like any normal human being would do, He kind of blamed it on them. He said that this was their fault. I gave them this wonderful opportunity for jobs, and they ruined it, and I can't trust them. So it is quite terrible, and he didn't offer any help. He just went there and left pretty much. So I have to say that's my least favorite part.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of things happen in those course of time and people blame other people, and that's just what people are going to do, so. Well, yeah. Jerry, thank you for telling us all about "Papal: A Prayer for Rain. You guys can see it on DVD. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna Hopiton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And we have talked about Disney's Create Tomorrowland and X-Prize Challenge with a very special guest, Shonda. We have talked about Paddington, the DVD release, The Longest Ride, Monkey Kingdom and Bapal, a prayer for rain. So, right now, we are talking about Storage Streets at USC. So, right now, let's continue speaking with Jerry about Storage Streets USC. So, can you tell us a little bit about this film?
5: Yeah, so this film, we all have kind of a stereotype image of a homeless person. That they're kind of just lazy, begging for money, why should we give them their- give them money? This film completely destroys that stereotype. That stereotype completely disappears after seeing this film. Because what this film shows is that homeless people aren't really those lazy bums. There are those lazy bums out there that we think of, but they're less than like, uh, like, less than like 60% of all homeless people. And it shows that homeless people are just people who are working hard, very, working very hard, just have a minimum wage job, may mean they just cannot afford a home. And they may be ashamed, so they may try to hide being homeless because a lot of bad things can happen to homeless people, as a lot of people know. And it kind of just looks at a many different people around the country that are homeless and kind of shows how they live homeless and it's completely opposite Of what we think of a homeless
1: person. Yeah. Because you know. When we see all these different films. They only show those homeless people. That don't give a care in the world. And don't really care. And are are lazy. And there are some of those out there. But that's not the only people. And before you know. I mean we go through history classes. And things like that. And um, cultural geography. And social studies. And you know social. um, Social encounterment. And we see that. Uh homeless people are not always the ones that didn't do anything i mean they're like you said they're not they can't afford a house so what is your favorite you know aspect of this film besides the fact that it kind of gives a new light on homelessness
5: i have actually a favorite aspect and a favorite story i would like to talk about very quickly Um, So my favorite aspect is that there's a lot of documentaries out there about homeless people, but what this documentary is unique is that it shows a lot of statistics, I mean like a lot of statistics that make you think, wow, but it also shows how to deal with it, how you, me, or any of our viewers can help solve this problem that not only there's homeless people on the street, but we think that there's some other creature, not human, we dehumanize them. And it says that, hey, just even a smile to someone, like saying, keep going, you're strong, can help somebody to the next day. And I think that is absolutely right and a great message. Now, my favorite story is about this young man who's now in college, actually. He was homeless for a period of time before his mother abandoned him. And he is the complete opposite of a homeless person. He is young. He is handsome. He is talented. He is smart. He concentrates on school. He's a good kid. But he is homeless and he tries everything to look not homeless. He goes to different houses, just sleep on trains or just brushing up his hair to look like he's a normal everyday teenager. And I just like it because it destroys completely destroys and is the opposite of the stereotype and shows you that real life stories of homeless people are complete opposite of what you would expect.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like, don't judge a book by its cover. It's like a little bit of message in that. Cause you know, you never know, you never know people's stories. And
5: sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. And something else I like is that they say that when you're in a crowd of people just walking down the street, they guarantee you that one of those persons, people are actually homeless. And that a lot of people just walking around not on the streets begging for money are actually homeless. You just don't realize because they want to avoid being known that they're homeless.
1: Mm-hmm. And that statistic is so scary. It's like there are so many homeless people in the world. And, you know, we can do so much. So it's I'm glad that, you know, this film is bringing awareness to, you know, the things that we can do. Um, since this film is about... Um, homeless people and there are a lot of documentaries out of uh, like out of um for homeless people and things like that how many stars would you give this film on originality and overall
5: like i said there's a lot of originality and i will give a five out of five stars overall because directing and producing is beautifully done it makes it very unique because they do tell stories but they also show Uh, The help programs, what people are doing to the homeless, which is a little bit more intense to the parents who are bringing children to this film. A little warning, a little bit more intense, a little bit more mature. Mm -hmm. But it shows what we're doing to them and then it shows that they're normal people and that there is nothing wrong with them. But we dehumanize them, as they say in the film, even though they're just like us
1: yeah they are normal people. We are normal people. we have flaws, they have flaws. They're just like us. They have the same blood running through their veins. So yeah. really quick, you did say that you know it's a little bit more intense. so what
5: age range would you give this film? I would probably give it twelve to thirteen to eighteen. If they think their kid is mature enough to see it, the parents wise definitely bring their kid to see it because I honestly think everybody should see this film because everybody if everybody knows what homeless are truly are, then they will. Treat homeless better. Maybe there'll be less homeless streets. I mean not sorry, less homeless people on the streets and it will just help the problem. I definitely agree with you, Jerry. Well, Jerry,
1: thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about a prayer for rain and storied streets at USC.
5: Of course. It was so much fun talking to you.
1: Yes, thank you for being the man
5: of the hour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get Storage Streets at USC online at storiedstreets.org. It's available, so please check it out, and please look for our huffing. Uh, please look for our reviews on the Huffington Post. We're in the teens section, and our blog is called Kids First. Thanks so much for joining with us today. This is your host, Brianna Hopiton, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To hear more film reviews and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to kidsfirst.org. This show is produced for the Voice America Kids Network by Kidstar Radio.
0: We empower kids. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of sea, we'll see you again next week.
9: My name is Linda Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kidsler Album of the Month, here is The Whiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish. I'll drive. Whist pops from the Kidstar album of the month.